So welcome to Meanderings with Trudy. I am sitting here today with, Ms. with Michelle Schaefer. She and I have known each other off and on, what would you say, at least a decade. Oh, at least that much. Yeah, we met through a mutual friend and yeah. uh, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It's, you know, I, this is always sort of fresh and unique for me in that as a kid whose parents were in the military, so we moved a bit. And then in foreign affairs, so we moved a bit more. And then in the early days of my marriage, I moved a bit. Like when I counted up, I, I have moved 22 times in my lifetime. Oh my <laughs> and I don't, I have very few friends from my childhood at any of the military bases. I have next to no friends from my university days because I worked two or three jobs at a time. Um, so for me, living here in Ottawa, as I moved here in 2002, oh, wow. uh, I've never lived anywhere this long. Yeah. And I've only had two houses. Like I had one house that I rent, rented when I first became divorced with the kids. And then I bought the house that I'm in now. And that's been wow. it. And it's, it is for me, as I look at my Ottawa friends like you and I go, we've known each other for like, gotta be a decade. Like, woohoo. Cause it's so weird for me. That doesn't happen. I know. Like yeah. half the time that you've been in Ottawa. I know. I know. I know. So anyway, Michelle, Michelle is lovely. As you can tell, um, she is a, uh, a career coach with Michelle Schaefer coaching here in Ottawa. She focuses on coaches, uh, people, sorry, uh, facing transition in their lives, particularly around their careers. And uh, she works with leaders to try and hone their leadership and they can show up as their best selves as they do their work. So we might talk about some of that, but we're probably also just going to talk about joy because that's what we're here to do. Have a little meander around that. So does that sound like a good thing to do? That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Such an important topic for every day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We were talking before we uh, before we got on here about... Uh, it's now we're taping this in the um, the middle of March. Tomorrow is the Ides of March 15th. If anyone knows their yes. Shakespeare, who will be careful. Um, St. Patrick's Day is soon. St. Patrick's Day is soon. But I was saying, you know, February was hard for me. It always is hard for me. I have a little bit of that seasonal affective disorder. It is the longest month in the year for me. Um, and it's um, it's it's often hard to get through that month in a way that uh, – that is nourish, nourishing for me, allows me not to do damage to my relationships <laughs> around <Yeah>. me uh, <laughs> or to myself, you know, like it's just, I could just lie in bed and, and wait for the month to end. So we were talking about hardship in the face of, of, of challenge. And, uh, and I think you've been having some of that yourself as you sit on the couch with a leg and a cast. I know, I know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and it's, it is such a sign that life can change so fast. So um, one of the things that I have always loved to do is skate in the winter. So, you know, you talk about way, ways to get through, you know, the, the hard months of winter, especially yeah. when it's cold or it's icy out and, you know, mm -hmm. it seems just hard to be outside. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has always given me so much joy has been skating and whether it's been on the canal, which never opened this year. It's just, I know. Isn't that nuts? First time uh, I said in 30 years that it hasn't, hasn't opened in the wintertime. Never over. I mean, yeah, it's just never happened like that. So, you know, whether it's on the canal or, you know, I think being here in Ottawa, we're so like, we're so lucky. We have all these beautiful skating tracks around us that take you through forests and really scenic views and things like that. And, um, 
I was out skating with my boys about a month ago now. And uh, actually a month ago to almost today, no, almost a few, today. Few, few days before, but yeah, pretty close. And I just fell forward and hit my knee and I have a femur fracture as a result of my lovely family outings. Outing. Oh, and so, yes, I can't even put any weight on my leg, which means no skating and no outings no for outings right now. You're a big hiker. Like last year, I think I saw, yeah. hadn't you made a, a intention to, to do a new hike every week or something? Yeah, actually it was, um, so it was my 22 for 2022. And I remember reading an article, it was a while back and, you know, just talking about what would it mean if you kind of set an intention for the year to do you know, to do something new, you know, like, so if it's like the year 2021, 21 of something new in 2021. So in 2022, I decided to do 22 new hikes. Now I surpassed that. It was so, mm -hmm. it was neat to see when you start something like that, do you actually just get to 22? It was just so much fun. I just, yeah. Why stop? <laughs> I think I hit my 22 by June, wow. like halfway through the year. And I thought, Oh, well, you know, there's still half a year left. I can still do more, mm -hmm. but it was so, it was such a neat challenge because I think with things like like hiking or doing anything outside, like we can gravitate to the familiar. Oh, I like this kind of trail or, oh, I like this, you know, this particular place to go skating. And when you challenge yourself and kind of take yourself out of your comfort zone a bit, you're, you get to explore and have some new adventures. And it was amazing to explore some new trails that I, I don't know if I would have found before. I might've eventually, but it just, it made me find them faster and and now I've been able to recommend like so many new paths and trails and, you know, ways of exploring to other people. So it was a fun, fun challenge to do. And mm -hmm. one of my 22 was um, uh, I went to Peru and it was on my bucket list for so many years to hike Machu Picchu. And uh, that was something I feel, especially now with all of the... Um, the political turmoil in, oh, in Peru, Peru. Oh, and yeah. um, Machu Picchu was closed because of protest. Because of political turmoil. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, so awful. So I feel really grateful that my friend Brenda and I were able to experience that when we did, like before all of that happened, um, because now it's, yeah, it becomes a bit more of a challenge now to be yeah, there. No kidding. No kidding. I'm, I'm interested. How... How did doing that hike change you? Because, I mean, I was following along with your Facebook posts and it looked hard. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I hiked Mont Blanc last summer. It was hard, but not your kind of hard. So how did it Although change you? What did you learn? I followed your track too. <laughs> you, you definitely had some, you know, challenging segments. Oh, in your it was, hike. yeah, no, that was not easy, but we weren't over 12,000 feet. And, you know, I think... Machu Picchu is higher than that. And, and there are some real significant, like you can train all you want, but if your body is not going to acclimatize to, to the altitude, you're yeah. sunk. And so that adds a whole other layer of worry and, you know, staying in the moment and how am I feeling with all this sort of yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that was a really interesting hike because I'm no stranger to doing altitude like i've i climbed mount kilimanjaro like year years ago this is like before marriage before kids like you know a long long time ago and i remember like i i had a hard time with the altitude then so machu picchu at least was not as high as kilimanjaro so 
What I found was challenging with that hike actually was not the altitude, mm-hmm. but it was the 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 terrain and the structure of the Inca Trail because the Inca Trail is predominantly like all rocks and like and it's just amazing to think that that you know like how long would it have taken to construct something like that right like yeah. you know years and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago yeah. but the like the rocks are high and so you have to like hoist your whole body weight just to take one step and so physically it was just more about getting your legs to get up that high like for hours on end. And it wasn't like you were just on the trail for maybe two hours one day or three hours the next day. I remember there was one day we were hiking for 12 hours and it was just, it was so exhausting. And it was, um, it was, it really plays with your mind when you do uh, a trek like that, because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with the physical effects on your body, which then play on the mental aspects as well you start to think can i actually do this um i'm going so slow i'm falling behind i need to go faster and all of that you know can really take a toll on you mentally and emotionally and i there there were two two things in particular that really helped me like one was our guide richie was Amazing. I remember he actually, on one of the really steeper upward segments, he actually took my day pack and put it on top of his own so that I, it would just make it a little bit lighter for me. Now, a day pack hiking on Machu Picchu, you are like stuffed to the gills with three liters of water, snacks, uh, rain gear. Like you got lots of stuff going on in that pack. So the fact that he had his own and And he's carrying more, he's probably got like a sat phone. He's got ropes for rescue, first aid, aid, extra water. Like he's all kinds of stuff. Wow. It's amazing. So the fact that he would do that, like he, and, and he helped me multiple times, like, and just encouraging me, like, you can do it. Look, there's like, there's only like 20 more steps, like you can get there. So he, he factored very prominently. And, you know, that, that was a moment that even though it was starting to get really, really uncomfortable, like physically, he was able to give me that encouragement that was mm-hmm. able to help me like get to the end. So mm-hmm. he, he was one, one aspect of the trip that really helped me uh, quite a lot. Right. Uh, but the other was uh, on one of the days, and I think it was the second last day of the track, we had a significantly long downhill segment. Now mm-hmm. you think, Oh, downhill. It's so super easy. Oh, it Guess so what? sucks. Oh my God. It's it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, downhill's actually down. worse. Oh, oh it's, it's like so worse. On the joints, and and because of the steepness, and we encountered some Fear rain. Of falling. That would oh, be huge. Like, I mean, I know that from the Mont Blanc. Like down, if I slip, what happens here? And you're looking down. Going, oh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So you're just you're holding it together because you don't you don't want to fall. And I remember I was going so super slow. Like my body was, I think, starting to scream at me saying, you're like at the time. So I was what 52 when I did that, like you're 52 years old. What the hell are you doing? Like, this is not a good idea. And so all that's in your mind. What was I thinking? I can't do this. You get all that voice. Yeah. 
but then I fell so far behind from my group. Now there was a, there was another, the, one of the porters was mm -hmm. at the back. So there was always somebody behind me, mm -hmm. but my group, like they were just at a pace where they could go a lot faster. So I, yeah. I kind of felt like I was mm -hmm. on my own, except for the porter behind me, who was lovely. Mm -hmm. But there were these two women who were from the UK and they were, it's funny because they live in different parts of the UK, but they travel together. Mm -hmm. Like once a year, they do a spontaneous trip. Spontaneous mm -hmm. meaning they call each other the week before and say, let's take some time off. Let's just go and do something. And then they just go and do it. So they had booked this trip, like literally the week before. Oh and God. so the two of them came and they could see, they could see visibly like I was just trying to keep it together and I'm yeah. fairly certain I was crying at that point. Like yeah. it was just um, almost unbearable. Yeah. And it was so nice because they could have just raced ahead, like said, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, enjoy your, you walk. can do it. Bye. Yeah. 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 But they didn't. And so they slowed their pace to match mine. And the one woman said to me, would it be okay if we just walk with you for a bit? And I thought, that would be amazing. So it really felt like I didn't have any company like at that point. And we just chatted. We didn't even chat much about the walk. We were just chatting about, you know, life and, you know, what they do and where are they from and what brought you here and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I probably walked with them for at least an hour. And then, then they said, okay, like, you know, how are you doing? And at that point, like they could just tell, and I could tell on myself, my mood was lighter. I was feeling like way more confident. Um, and it was just so helpful to have them there. So I said, yeah, go ahead. Like, I hope to see you at the end. And it was really neat. I did see them at the end, even though there's hundreds of people doing the same sort of walk. I yeah. saw, um, I saw them on the last day and I saw them at the very end as well. And so one of the two actually had problems on the last day. And when I saw her, she was limping around and she was really having some trouble. So, you know, so then it was my turn to be able to, you know, talk to her and just kind of lift her spirits. So it was just a really, the, the power of companionship in like an expedition like that yeah. and just the power of companionship to change your mood like because I was in a dark place in my head mm -hmm. in the moment that they found me and just that that you know offer of can we walk with you was literally like I call it my TSN turning point like you know like it was that one that one play that one move that one thing that happened that just switched how the rest of the day evolved for me and I like was incredibly grateful to them for doing that um and it just it took something it's funny you know going to Machu Picchu was going to be a source of joy for me like yay doing the bucket list thing ticking it off I get to experience this wonder of the world that so many don't get to see and it it you know after a day or two turned into like not joy like it was in my head I thought how am I going to get through <laughs> and then to see it turn around again, like just by talking to other people, it's just so neat to see the ups and downs that can evolve mm -hmm. over like the same type of event, the same type of experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love that power of companionship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really was a game changer. It was so amazing. And, you know, and I, and I take that like with me, like I'm going to say, 
in my daily life too, like not just mm-hmm. in my coaching work, because obviously in my work, I mean, I'm, I'm always in a position where I'm like supporting and I'm encouraging and I'm exploring with people. Uh, but just in just day to day when, you know, there's somebody in your life who's experiencing some hardship and just checking in, like sometimes even just the power of a little text to check in and just say, how are you today? Not, not with the aim that you should be past this today, but more just how is your experience today? Yeah. Where are you? Are you doing okay? Yeah. 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 That, that joy that we can give to other people. And I mean, it's, it's interesting because I've definitely experienced this with my coaching work where clients of mine and will say, you checked in with me on a day that I needed it the most. And I have no idea like there's no sign. It's not like they sent me a note that said, I'm really having a hard time. Like there's just something that clicks and I'll just think of them that morning. Like I'll think of them while I'm having my breakfast or I'll think of them while I'm gone for a run or like doing any of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's kind of neat to hear back that the timing was really quite aligned in those mm-hmm. moments. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the power yeah. of just, checking in can yeah. be a game changer for people Huge. too. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm reminded of that. Um, I mean, we think that it's not that big a deal, but holding space and, and, and giving, giving space for somebody to express themselves and feel their own experience, um, witnessing so that you can witness them and they can then witness themselves as they, as they are in that space. Like it, it, that's huge. And it, we don't really realize that in regular life, how, how important that is. We all oh, need to be seen. Good. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I mean, you, you were able to do that for me. Like, I mean, certainly through this experience while, you know, I have my fracture, but I mean, especially a few days ago, and it was just interesting because you had checked in with me and I had had a, I had had a hard week. I had had a hard day, especially and just your, your ability to not just see how things were going, but then also just to help me feel seen and heard and understood with Mm -hmm. what it was that I was experiencing, which is, you know, was a lot of loss, was a lot of overwhelm. And, um, you know, when somebody has the ability to just let you be with that, not try to change your experience or, or certainly not dismiss or discount it, but just allow Mm -hmm. it to be is very, very powerful. And I could feel like just from that time, and I think I had said like, you know, thank you for doing that because it just, it allowed my, how the rest of my day evolved in a different way than how I was feeling up until that point. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't Mm -hmm. take away all the stuff. Like it's not like it cured my fracture. I'm better now. Yay. I'm off to hike again. <laughs> no, okay, like off no. I go. I'm going to go watch the sunset tonight. Yeah. Like no, everything is still there. Happen, but but it just um, it provided a a way of coping that was needed in that moment. Um, yeah. And we're all human. We all feel and feel deeply. And you know, sometimes there are going to be days where you feel more deeply than others for different yeah. reasons. And you know, being able to to hear that that's okay uh, and that you will be okay, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's that's all so so needed. 
Thanks for joining me here on Meanderings with Trudy as I chat with Michelle Schaefer about the joy in every day and, and about how you find, you find help along the path, the path of life, <laughs> the path to Machu Picchu in Peru, and all over the place, in, in the most unexpected places. And how important it is to really be seen and then to be met. Anyway, I hope you're enjoying this chat with Michelle and we'll continue on. I'd say even now, like when there's just so much swirling around us and, you know, a lot of individuals still, you know, having a hard time, like even just kind of coming out of the pandemic or having a hard time, you know, at work or, you know, with family concerns and health issues or any of those things. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to know what somebody's experiencing because on the outside, it might look like everything is Fine. fine. That person's got it together. No worries there. And meanwhile, under the surface, the experience might be very different. Yeah. Or, or even just the way they're holding it. Yeah. You know what that experience feels like to them could be entirely different from what you think you're seeing. Yeah. No, it's so true. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, um, when I first, uh, took my coach training, um, I, uh, I was a co-feeler if, if you know what I mean. So somebody would, somebody would feel emotion, sadness, anger, whatever. Uh, and I would feel that coming into my body and then I would take it on. If they cried, I would cry that kind of thing. That's not so helpful when you're a coach. <laughs> in the way of. Get in the way of, I learned that yeah. there's an arc to emotion and we need to sort of fully digest that arc from beginning to end. And when I intervene with a tissue and I intervene with a, yes, I, I understand when I broke my arm, this is what that felt like, or, um, whatever it, it interrupts their arc. And in some ways it, um, it allows that emotion to stay in that person as opposed to the digestion of it, that then if they follow the arc to the end of it, then it dissipates and it's long, no longer there as much. You know, you learn how to get out of the way. Yeah. Sometimes we have to get out of our own way. I mean, I think yeah. I've, I've recognized that, like certainly, you know, dealing with this injury, I mean, there, there is a bit more time on my hands. And sometimes, you know, your, your mind can take over that space in a way that, you know, you weren't necessarily intending. And so, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing those times where I might be also standing in my own way, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like sitting and crying for the entire day may not, like, not to say that there's nothing wrong with that either. But, you know, is that the way that, you know, I can kind of move through this, you know, yeah. or there's other things that I can be, you know, doing for myself, um, which doesn't take away things. It just, Mm-mm. you know, just helps you kind of get through those harder times. And, you know, it's, it's been interesting too, like, like with the things that I have typically done for myself, like I'm going to say pre-injury, mm-hmm. like if I were having a day that was a day and I I needed to just have some space or kind of work through it. The way I would do that was through activity. And I would do that through activity outdoors, like, um, 
you know, and I, and I really do love, love being outside, like, you know, so being able to go, even if it's for a quick walk in the woods or, you know, one of the things I really love in any season, because they're beautiful, doesn't matter what season are sunsets and, you know, just taking myself to the river's edge and just being able to see the, the sun set and to be present for what comes next, which is like that afterglow is, yeah. you know, what lights up the sky after it's not yes. just, the, it's not the, the dropping of the ball. Sunset. It's yeah. Oh, it's just like the light show that happens after that. And so, you know, I would be able to do those things and I would just feel just that sense of calm, you know, like just being able to breathe while you're in the presence of these, you know, just beautiful surroundings. And I found that again, doesn't take away whatever was causing the stress, but it just made it that much easier to kind of work with or deal with. But now that I'm like relegated to the couch or relegated to my bed or, you know, having to use crutches, which is not good when it's icy outside or snowy, um, it's, it's, you know, really caused me to think about, okay, like how, in what ways can I still experience those things? Cause I still need those things, but I, I, I can't, I can't just go into the woods right now, like not for more than a month at least. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't just go and see the sunset. I can't just go and do those things. And I can look at pictures, which can help, you know, but it's not quite the same. And, you know, so, um, you know, being able to experience that sense of calm through engaging other senses has become something I've, I've needed to do. And like, Mm -hmm. one of the things that, has really helped me. I think I've told you like your, one of your earlier meanderings, you had a couple of them, one where you and Bruce were paddling. Yes. On the, on the Ottawa river. Yep. Oh yeah. And just hearing the, the sound, it was like the laps of just the whoosh, whoosh, like just the sound. It's like, it allows you to still feel that sense of calm and your other one where you're walking through the The forest, the forest and you know, you, you can hear just the the crunch crunch and like mm. you're, you know, Oh, hi, bumblebee. Like, you know, like you're seeing things along the way, you're kind of commenting on the odd little thing that you see. And yeah. those, those things although I can't be in the forest. I can't be kayaking obviously right now. I can't be doing those kind of things, but just, you know, kind of closing your eyes and, and like hearing it. So you're, you're not engaging the physical, like I'm not, the activity isn't there and I can't see it. So mm-hmm. you've taken away the vision, but when you just dial into the auditory, it actually still like, it's amazing. It still has the same effect on me, yeah. even though I'm, I'm not actually right in that activity um, and doing it. So that's mm-hmm. been eye opening for me because I haven't ever been in a position where I've needed to do that. Like I've, I've, I'm, I'm a healthy, active person. Like I feel grateful that I've been able to do that up until this point, just go wherever I want to go and go for hikes and go see the sunset and go like all that kind of stuff in the summer. I love to swim sunset swims, like, you know, go to the beach, like all those kind of things. But when you don't have the ability to do that, it doesn't mean that those things that have given you that sense of calm or that sense of peace or joy it doesn't mean that they have to go away it just means you have to find new sources for those things and it's kind of neat when you can find those 
alternate sources and mm-hmm. just dial into how it makes you feel that there's possibility in the alternatives. It doesn't just have to be certain ways that there are other things out there. So it's kind of kind mm-hmm. of neat just to explore that and just sit with that and just mm-hmm. see how that can make you feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Before we uh, started uh, into this conversation, we talked about the difference between uh, being rigid and holding things loosely. And this is sort of what yeah. you're showing, right? Like yeah. that there are different ways that I can um, nourish my soul when I'm feeling stressed and yeah. turning to my other senses and seeking out those kinds of experiences. It's it so helpful. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing how that lands in our body's um, memory, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think it's, it's also something I'm going to take with me. Like even, even when I can go back out and hike again, and I mean, mm-hmm. trust me, as soon as I can walk again, I will be out. <laughs> yeah. No question. I'm not going to waste too much time with that. But yeah. but just, you know, I, I'm still going to welcome those other sources too, because, you know, there there might be times where, yeah, like the, it's pouring rain. And so, you know, you, you can't, you know, or you could go for a walk in the woods. Mm-hmm. It might not be as enjoyable because it's like super mucky and mm-hmm. all of that. So there's other, there's other ways, you know, you don't just have to rely on the same things. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the other thing that was, you know, kind of interesting to me too, like as, as I'm recovering is, you know, kind of reflecting on just the dual, I guess the dichotomy and sometimes the irony that the things that can give you joy, sometimes there's pain in that too. Like I found I was skating with my kids. I was doing something I love doing and I fell, you know, so Mm -hmm. the very activity that gives me joy is the one that, you know, also, you know, had another side to it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, sometimes just recognizing that and just holding that. And yeah, well, and that sense of accomplishment you must have had when you took that first step actually into Machu Picchu after what was it 12 days of hiking to get there yeah it was it was shorter than that it was what it was like six days of like poor work um but yeah being able to actually be surrounded by it was absolutely incredible even though our bodies felt incredibly broken by that point yeah yeah um, and both are there right this whole um my heart is soaring because look at where I am and you feel the history of it and the echoes of the past and mm -hmm. and all of that and the beauty and the holy smokes I actually made it yeah you know because if I remember correctly there were people on your trip that didn't right there were people that bailed because they had to people that had to they even had to bail before the trip started because they were so sick because of the altitude Altitude, so if you're not prepared for the altitude and there were unfortunately a few people on our trip that that didn't bring altitude medication they hadn't really Mm -hmm. thought that that was going to affect them so so they were quite sick like they were so sick before that part of the trip started that they had to stay behind So mm-hmm. what they were able to do, they were still able to visit Machu Picchu, but they took the train yes. to get there. So they had to bypass the whole Inca Trail. But yeah, I can right. imagine like for them, the sense of um, incredible disappointment. Like if yeah. you were like thinking, okay, this is the one thing I really want to do in my life and mm-hmm. then not have the opportunity to do that. When I know you're somebody right there. else. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, when you're right there. Yeah. I know somebody else, actually, another friend of mine was going with her daughter in mm-hmm. May. And because of all the the turmoil, turmoil right now, it's painful for them, too. Like, they're having yeah. to cancel. But, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. I, I do believe that, like, timing is everything. So. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to do it right now, um, like I'm, I'm supposed to be in Costa Rica right now with my mm-hmm. kids. It's March break, March break and, and yeah, you know, yeah. we were going on a very fun trip that was going to involve hiking and zip lining and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And obviously I had to cancel and yeah. incredible disappointment that went with that. We will get to do that trip again. It yeah. just will be at a different time. So yeah. you know, kind of holding the disappointment and honoring that because you know, it's because it's a loss, and and it's important to um to notice what's there right now, and that feeling yeah. of loss is what's there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah. we'll plan for. You know, it's not lost forever. It just no. is going to, you know, be on pause for a little bit, and we we will get back to it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I what I really love about you is this adventurous spirit, this willingness to kind of reach out and 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 try. What are you most looking forward to? I mean, you mentioned about about as soon as I can walk, I'm going to be out there hiking. But as you <laughs> contemplate the coming summer, what's what's on your what's on your what's on your mind? Mm, that's a great question. I would say, as I think about that, you know, this. I mean, the summer is my favorite season for sure. Like just because of weather and the breadth of activities that you can do, uh, you know, cottages and swims and all sorts of things, longer days, Mm -hmm. which is great. Like just experiencing daylight for longer. I would say probably, you know, this year, you know, I, I'm going to have to really balance it because as much as when I'm feeling more healthy, you know, my leg is feeling more healthy. The temptation might be to fill my days with all sorts of activity. And I think the one thing that this kind of period of forced slowdown has shown me is there's a lot of good that can just come with being slow too, Mm. and not being in a rush, not like feeling like you have to do so much. So I'd like to think that this summer will be, you know, yes, part activity, because I will want to get into mm-hmm. some of After those After all things. this time, yeah. Mm-hmm. After all this time, um, but just being able to balance it with some slow times too, like, you know, a bit of time at a cottage to just rest and relax, um, a bit of time, even just maybe, you know, one of the things that I've, really done in this time is taking on less clients, like uh, giving me a little bit more space in the day, mm-hmm. taking a book and a chair and bringing it to the river and just sitting, you know, maybe, you know, just doing some well, like slower kinds of activities. I can see maybe just appreciating more about what's around me and not feeling like I have to be in a rush for anything. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of both, but I definitely am looking forward to that season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, hearing you say is, is still thirsting for activity and doing, 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 but also 
more being. And so trying to find that, uh, a more, a more nurturing balance between the two for yourself when, yeah. when the summer comes and yeah. for your family too. I mean, for your son. For sure. so Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. I think recognizing that, you know, that there's a lot that comes when I focus in on other senses that, mm. you know, I don't have to lose that, that that can be something that I bring into my day a little bit more. And I've, I've enjoyed reading um, too. Like, I mean, that's, I'm bringing a little bit more into my day with that, which I really didn't have as much time for before. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see the summer as, you know, won't be as busy with work mm-hmm. and a chance to just be able to, you know, dig into some other things that I don't, you know, didn't have as much time for before, but I'm, I'm making more space for now, which I think is, is positive. It's sure. good. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we learn, we learn, right. Uh, I've been, uh, I, I have noticed in myself as a coach, my tendency to come in from the challenge, you know, what's, what's challenging about this, um, because yeah. that's where we learn, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. But I see that too, like even with. But with holding both matters. Yeah. Yeah, it's holding both, you know, yeah. it's, it's, um, you know, it's acknowledging the challenge and, and, you know, the fact that this time is tough, it's hard yeah. and. On the flip side, what are what are some of the learnings that are coming from that? I mean, there's always some things that we can learn. Like if if we acknowledge that, if we kind of sit with it, if we just blow past it and like, okay, I'm just going to force myself through this. I sure. just have to get up this time. Yeah. It's really hard yeah. to be able to dial into what some of those, you know, insights or learnings might yeah. be. But, you know, I, I hear that a lot from like the clients that I work with, especially on the career transition side, because a lot of those individuals they come to me at a time when they've like just been restructured. They've just been let go. It may not have been like the writing may not have been on the wall. So it may have come as a complete surprise. And so, you know, just getting through that experience and feeling that loss can take a long time for people that can be especially challenging for people who haven't really had to look for work for a long time, it's definitely challenging because they're needing to like update their resume. They're needing to think about, well, what do they want to do next? They have to interview. Maybe they haven't interviewed in a long time. Maybe they've never even had to network and help themselves find work, but yeah. but they need to now. And things like LinkedIn, which maybe they're not on, you know, the, mm-hmm. all these possibilities are, are there to help them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of clients will say to me after, you know, like, this was really tough, like the act of, you know, and all the activities to look for work took a lot out of them. It was exhausting, like emotionally and physically for them. And yet they learned a lot about themselves. They learned a lot about you know, what sort of career paths would be good fits for them. For some people, it's like the whole experience of being let go and and the discomfort in that opened up a new door, like to start their own business or, you know, get into consulting or just do something completely different um, that they maybe wouldn't have thought of before. And so the learnings, it's kind of neat to hear from them, like what they learned, not just about what you need to do to find a job, Mm -hmm. but just what they learned about themselves and how, although it was really difficult, 
that they were able to experience the reward in the end of finding something new and and putting themselves on a, a different path that they hadn't, they admit that they probably wouldn't have thought of had it not been for this really awful, uncomfortable experience that they had to go through. So, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, it's kind of neat to see, see that. And, you know, I imagine even with the clients that you work with too, you know, it's seeing that reward at the end, but, but have, after having gone through a lot of uncomfortable, you know, feelings, situations, conversations to yeah. get there. Yeah. So as you've probably picked up, Growth through adversity is a big theme in our conversation today here with Michelle Schaefer. She's speaking to it now as a career coach, but earlier we were talking about it as she faces the challenge of how do I find balance when my usual ways of finding balance are gone? Anyway, we're just getting ready to wrap up here on Meanderings with Trudy, and I hope you'll stick with us through to the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that um, we often bypass the difficult, right? And um, I'm reminded of Brene Brown's um, line coming out of her research. Um, mm. You cannot selectively numb. If you're numbing the hard stuff, you're also numbing your capacity for joy. And so, mm. it, you if it's a sign graph, you're you're making your little a little tiny up and a little tiny down, but that's all you have available to you. Um, yeah. by bypassing what's there right now, even if it's difficult. Yeah. 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 And it just goes to show you, I mean, you have to, you have to go through what's challenging to get to the other side, which yeah. is, which is the joy and the reward and, you know, like those good feelings that yeah. come with it. Or even just new possibilities, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I realized now that I was laid off from my job of 22 years that I actually had stagnated and now going through this downsizing within the company has opened up a whole new possibilities for me as I oh. contemplate the next 10 or 15 years of my career, right? Yeah. Like what a wonderful opportunity. It really you know? is. And sometimes that opportunity comes like years later. Like, I mean, I, I joke with, you know, even clients of mine, like I say, you know, like at age, what year was it? Like, I mean, I was 46 when I started my coaching and you know like at age 46 i finally knew what i would do when i was growing up <laughs> what would i do when i grow up oh at age 46 i got it all figured out you know like you know those are questions of course like we ask our kids you know what do you want to be when you grow up or yeah you well, know how the heck do i know i'm only 17 <laughs> yeah, like, fair point fair point yeah. but what what do you want to do this summer to fill your time oh absolutely well i yeah. mean it's interesting because you know like like on the, on that topic too. I mean, I, so my two boys are 16 and 14. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my 16 year old had to very recently, like choose his courses for grade 12, right. which is like, it's a big decision it's because big decision. all of a sudden now you're laying that foundation to what's going to happen post-secondary. And, and he had, he was feeling so much pressure over picking the courses. And I, I just said, Cameron, I said, you know what, in this life, things change. And I said, you can pick your courses now. And when you're in grade 12, you might actually even want to change some of them. And you might even start first year in whatever program you want to get into. And you might decide, you know what, I hate this. And so I said, I, I never want you to feel like 
you just have to suck it up and just go through it. Like, Mm -hmm. like you can always pivot and shift. And at your age, like you are in your career, like if you fast forward, you are going to change multiple times, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's kind of the world we're living in right now, which Mm -hmm. is, there's a lot of acceptance for changing. Like even you could be like 59 and you can go into something different. And that not only is that accepted, it's kind of expected in a way it's normal. It's like totally Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Yeah. With the change in technology and the way that our society shifts so quickly right now, if you were in a spot for a long period of time, it would actually seem kind of odd. Um, unless they were building into it opportunities to learn and grow and shift and more sure but it's just that growth that comes with change and Mm -hmm. changes like very rarely is change comfortable like you know like for for any kind of change I mean you know I'm separated to leave a marriage was deeply uncomfortable and to go through that experience with my kids to shift careers several times was also uncomfortable. I mean, I've been restructured twice myself. And mm-hmm. that's, that's something I tell my clients, like, yeah. I do get this experience because it it has happened to me because I've lived it. Yeah. Times. yeah, I've yeah. You know, got lived experience in that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, all of those experiences, like, you know, are, are not joyful ones, you know, certainly, yeah. you know, like there, it's change, it's, you know, there's shifts and with shifts come a lot of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, on the other side of that change, there can be, you know, incredible joy eventually, mm-hmm. not eventually. immediately, yeah, ever, be- but yeah, but it can come. Uh, like one of the things that has uh, sort of a, um, what do I call it? It's like a clarification or a, oh, there's a word. Anyway, it'll come to me, but um, a distinction that okay. when somebody has done something and then they're like, that was, I failed, that didn't work, um, I wasted my time. The distinction mm. is always brought into focus by what do you now know that you didn't know before? And yeah. and that seems to me to be the, that for me, that's always sort of a turning point for the client when they go, well, I know this, I know that I know I don't like those kinds of situations. I know I'm not a self-starter. So a job that has a self-starting component in it is not good for me. I need structure. I need strong leadership. You know, there's so many things that begin to tumble out of them that because we have a tendency in our culture to brush past discomfort, as you're saying, we don't have the opportunity to mine for what have we learned from this experience. And exactly. it's not about reframing it so I feel better about it. It's not a failure. I've learned something. What have you, when you're actually mining for something, where's the gold that's here? What do you now know that you didn't know before? And how does that then fine tune what next steps you're going to take? Yeah, huge, exactly. huge. And then as you say, that can lead to quite a bit of joy and satisfaction. Once we've got this part kind of figured out for ourselves in this moment because let's face it change is ever present it might shift again so in this moment this is what i know to be true well and you said something just right there too which is interesting which is you know we you know kind of like you know just as humans like we tend to brush past 
that discomfort. And it's like, it's interesting because I see that play out in our workplaces now too, you know, mm-hmm. like working with leaders and, you know, and, and working with clients who are leaving organizations where, you know, there isn't a lot of space given for failure or for, you know, any contribution that like, you know, is different than what, you know, like the rest of the group is thinking. Yeah. And it's like, I think now, like, leadership development is becoming so important right now to encourage leaders to be able to hold space for those things that are uncomfortable, those projects that are flopping, like what are, what have we learned now that we did not know before? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to be able to, to have those conversations and have any kind of uncomfortable conversation. You know, we, it's not all about being friends, you know, like it's, you know, it's still business, but what can we learn from each other? And we can't learn anything or do anything different if we just kind of go along with things and we just kind of agree with each other and we all dance around those conversations that that need to be had, you know? And sometimes I'll ask a client, like, what is the conversation that needs to be had that hasn't been had yeah. yet? And then like yeah. people will look and go, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or what are you seeing that nobody's willing to name? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have a misalignment in the way that we behave in the office with the values that we profess. Who can can say that? that? Incredible Mm -hmm. creativity and like, you know, process and thinking shifts and innovation and like all that kind of stuff, you know, like it's all, you know, again, on the other side of all that like messiness and discomfort mm-hmm. and stuff that people don't want to be in Yeah, on the other side of that is yeah. there's so much more waiting. And yeah. oftentimes we just don't give ourselves the opportunity to, to see like, well, what's on the other side, because we're so busy stick handling around the stuff that we want to avoid. So well, yeah. And we want to feel comfortable. So don't you upset this ship? Yeah. You know, th- those <laughs> things over there that we don't want to talk about probably are best left uncovered. Yeah. over there, you know, hidden so that yep. we can continue on. So don't rock this ship. Yeah. Just and it's keep, like, keep hmm, covered up. nobody yeah. will see them. Nobody, nobody will see them. And we'll just continue on in our happy way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, damn it. we're all going to be happy. We're all going to be happy today. Come on. You know, that's what's on the menu. And but that is a real problem. It like, is a real problem. Yeah. You know, and when I talk to clients who are leaving organizations, because that that is that is the leadership. The leadership is turning the other cheek to mm-hmm. bad behavior in some cases, or not willing to have those conversations that need to be had. And mm-hmm. employees are wanting more, and so mm-hmm. they're they're taking you know they're taking matters into their own hands mm-hmm. and starting to seek out environments that maybe are a better fit for them so or at least different from the one that they're in yeah yeah oh by way of trying to find something new and once again going into something that's uncomfortable which may in itself to be uncomfortable still and then you know learning that I need to shift again but I have more information because of making that first shift I know now that this actually doesn't fit me but this might actually fit me yeah and so you, you get those distinctions. What What is it that works for me? You don't know that unless you have that trial and error. I know. And, and also like with that, it's taking that step back and doing that 
that reflection because, you know, I, I, I think of like conversations and interactions and situations that happen, especially in the workplace or in a relationship too. It's all like information for the bank. So Mm -hmm. you might not know what you're going to do with that information yet, but it's like all like you can kind of collect it in your head which is a way of just kind of stepping back and like starting to do some reflection. Well, what does all this information mean? What is it pointing to? And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we have the opportunity to to do some reflection and see, well, what is really important to me? And sometimes we only get familiar to that because we see maybe what we're not given. Mm-hmm. That sometimes is a way in of figuring out what is important to us. If we don't do that kind of hit the pause button on the world, do some reflection, but instead just do the knee jerk reaction of, I don't like this. I'm just going to find something. I'm going to rage, rage leave. Yeah. What do we call that? Well, Uh, rage quitting, rage applying, rage applying. It's, it's a trend. In fact, Mm -hmm. um, I um, provided some commentary on an article in Canadian business. I saw that. that Yeah, exactly. Which is interesting, but you know, like the, the thing that, that just doing the knee jerk reaction and just starting to apply everywhere. What it doesn't do is it doesn't actually get the person closer to a place or a role that is going to meet those needs because they really haven't done that reflection yet on what's important to them. What are the values that I want to see present in the organization I'm part of, or the leader that I work with. And until that happens, just firing off, applications to like, you know, 50 different companies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe it will get you a job. And yeah, maybe you'll even get a higher salary and, you know, better benefits or whatever. But you may find yourself like six months or a year down the road, or maybe even sooner in the same situation. Again, it's just, you're getting more money now and it's somewhere else. So, so that, that reflection on, you know, what's happening right now? What's important to me? How is that going to inform what I do next, where I go next becomes so important. And, you know, for clients that do not want to do that, they just, let's, let's just go. And they feel the, the scarcity of, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm never going to get a job. So I just have to find one. It will generally not lead to a whole lot of joy or fulfillment later mm-hmm. on down the road mm-hmm. so yeah scarcity and abundance boy we could talk all day you and me <laughs> I think so. <laughs> is there uh so with an eye on closing is there anything else that you'd like to raise before we before we part ways i mean i i guess you know like the the one thing that i'll i'll share is just you know it, like, because our, our topic is joy, you know, like that, that joy can come from the most unexpected of sources and joy is out there in places that you maybe hadn't really tapped in before. And, and there are times that like, there's just no joy in the day, or it seems like there's no joy in the day that there are like people and things around us that are there to help. Um, I've learned a big lesson in this period of recovery, which is uh, not only is it okay to receive and ask for help, but it's it's needed. And, and when I do it, um, I'm not putting anybody out. Uh, you can kind of like the narrative in our head can spin and say, but people are too busy. I don't want to bug anybody. Like everybody's got their thing that they have to manage. And yet 
I've found that when I have asked and have received that um, it's really the biggest gift and that that's joyful in itself when you can receive assistance from somebody else um, and not fight it, just be open to it. I'd say that's probably been a big lesson for me. And I, and I've caught myself uh, pushing back and actually convincing people that That you don't need them when you actually do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like a friend of mine last week, like before my parents arrived, she said, she said, I want to do something for you. She said, I haven't been able to make a meal, but like, can I do your shopping? And I said to her, and like, she's, she's also a single parent with two teenage boys. And I was like, you don't need this. Like you've got other things that you have to deal with. And I remember saying to her, like, like, don't do it. Like, you know, thank you, but you got other stuff. And mm-hmm. she pushed back to me. And I finally just said, okay, just be open to this. This is a generous offer. Like people don't offer unless they want to do something for you. And right. so I did, and it was the best thing. She mm-hmm. was able to go and pick stuff up. She brought it like right when my parents arrived, we had stuff that we needed, like, you know, for that night. And it was like, she made my life easier. She felt good doing it. Well, this is the point, like, the right? The joy was like, on both sides. Yeah. Like, you know how good you feel. And and I know you, you've got a, a heart, you know, the size of Ontario. I was going to say Texas, but we're not American. So, but you know, you have a big heart. You're always offering to other people and you know how good that feels. And by not asking when you need it and by not be willing to accept when you need it, you're you're denying others the opportunity that feeling that you get and so as you say this is this is a reciprocal reciprocal relationship here she felt great by being able to meet a need where she saw it and then you had the help that you needed yeah so good yeah for both both. and so Yeah. yeah help Help, we convince help, help. ourselves that we, we can do it, like we can do it all, like nobody's ever meant to do it to all. Do it we are all. not superheroes, like sure. that's not yeah. our and so yeah, yeah, we yeah. can you know our narrative and the story that we tell ourselves can be very different than the reality. So mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I've been leaning more into those offers and less into my own story and my own narrative. And yeah it has been good for both. So yeah, that's been a a huge lesson that I I need to take beyond this, you know, this recovery, this is something to take into life for sure. So well, Michelle, it's been just a joy. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for this opportunity. (laughs) Yes, we could easily talk all day. Thank you for joining us here at Meanderings with Trudy for my chat with Michelle Schaefer. If you have any comments, please send them to me at meanderingswithtrudy at gmail.com. And um, please take some time to give us a review, drop us a few stars on Apple, because we're trying to broaden our reach here this year on Meanderings with Trudy. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Trudy Chapman.